Welcome to the Denver Gazette Sports Podcast. I am your host, Chris Schmedeke, and today we are brought to you by Applewood Plumbing, Heating, and Electric. They have been serving Denver residents for 50 years. They are the proud sponsor of the Colorado Avalanche and of this podcast. And today I am joined by Vinny to talk Denver Nuggets. Vinny, how are you? And, you know, I think we have some things to talk about with these Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm ready for a little bit of a break. The Nuggets seem very ready for a break. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's knock this out and then we can get on to uh, resting for a few days. Yeah, we can get on to uh, Nikola Jokic's least favorite thing ever, which is <laughs> All-Star Weekend. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's figured out uh, how to play in an All-Star game by now. Yeah, I don't, yeah it's, I saw somebody saying, like, maybe he should just try to pull out and he could use the rest, too. He's not going to do that because he's the only team's representative, but... I don't think it would hurt for him to have the weekend off. And I wouldn't be surprised if he asked somebody like, Hey, do I really have to go? And then he got nudged like, yeah, we need you there, big fella. So he'll go. Uh, I think he'll, he'll be able to to get some rest while also participating in all-star duties. So Chris Finch is the coach, right? Yep. So he, so I always get confused. He was here for a while, right? Uh, just for like a season or two. Okay. But he knows Nicola. Yeah. I wonder if he's Nicola says, "Hey, play me eight minutes and call it a day." <laughs> and then Finch is like, "No, nah, I'm thinking about playing you 48 minutes and <laughs> yeah. asking you to run up and down the court." Right. So let's just start. Uh, Nuggets are uh, lost their last three games. Um, two of them by blowout fashion. Last night to the Kings at home, just a utter collapse. Let's just start. Where's your panic meter at? One to ten right now. Uh, still pretty low. I, I'd put it at probably two and a half, three. Yeah. Um. You know, it, it feels like anytime they go through these, you know, I think this is like their second three-game losing streak of the season. Um, you can point at, you know, not having Contavious Caldwell Pope for nearly all of these last three games, Jamal Murray missing most of the last couple. I think that's uh that can explain quite a bit, especially for a team with a short offseason who's getting everybody's, you know, best effort in the first 55 games of the season or whatever it's been. Um and, you know, these last three, they, they've lost them in, in different ways. You know, obviously the game at Sacramento, the defense just didn't show up. And these last two, it's like, you know, holding Milwaukee to 112 points, I feel like is right on the verge if that's good enough to get a win. And then, you know, last night, holding Sacramento to 102 points, that, that should be enough to yeah. beat that team. Well, is Sacramento just a bad matchup for them? I feel like they haven't beat Sacramento in two years. Yeah, I'd be curious to see, you know, what, um, you know, the, these last two in the last week or so, you know, they haven't they haven't been fully healthy for, and I'm struggling to remember much about the uh, the first matchup between the two teams. But uh, you know, De'Aaron Fox and just the pace he plays at is like for as good of a defender as Contavious Caldwell Pope is, and obviously he he hasn't been out there recently, um, but he's just a guy who like I I think the Nuggets just don't physically have a great answer for him. Like, I think he might just be a step too quick for, for KCP, even when the Nuggets are at full strength. Um, but, you know, if, if this was a playoff meeting or a playoff matchup and I'm a Nuggets fan, I'd feel pretty good about, about it. Yeah. And those two games in Sacramento have been back-to-backs for the Nuggets. Like they came off, I, I just looked it up. They came off a big win in Phoenix. They went to Phoenix and beat them in December. I think it was on this last one. They came off that Lakers game that, took everything probably out of the yeah. nuggets. So it's a little bit weird. You know, so I think my panic meter is a little higher because the bench is still a huge concern, it seems like. Yeah, I I understand that. And 
I also see the other side of it where, um, you know, I don't think DeAndre Jordan or Zeke Nashi is going to play in, yeah. in the big playoff games. You know, it's like they can they can go to Aaron Gordon at the five, and we've seen that a few times in the regular season. Um, so I think that's that's a reason for uh, a little bit of um, a little bit of reason not to panic, I guess. Um, you know, and Christian Brown has has been up and down this season, but he's a guy who has the team's trust. Like he he's done it in the finals, and that's got to be a pretty big boost of confidence for for both him and the organization, just knowing that they've seen him do it on the bigger stage. Um, you know, Peyton Watson's a guy who who's real real confident, real real confident in his abilities, and I think he's um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what what his you know, first real playoff experience looks like. But, uh, you know, Reggie Jackson, I think, is a guy who who needs this break as well. He was kind of hobbling around uh, late in last night's game. So if they can get him some rest and have him feeling good going into the, the final 27 games and into the playoffs, I think that'd be a big boost for the bench. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's – I mean, I guess it's also going to depend a lot on what they get from Reggie at, at times on that bench because – there are times that Reggie's really good. He was limping around a little bit in last night's game. I don't know if anything ever came of that, but he – I still feel like there's times where it's like, oh, hey, Reg, just go cook, and that's the bench plan. Yeah, and it's like uh, Reggie and Jamal taking turns. Yeah. Saying, yeah. hey, go cook. Um, but, yeah, and, and Reggie did mention, uh, you know, he was limping around last night, and he just said it, he, he chalked that up to, you know, various nicks and bumps and bruises. So uh, – Maybe he was not letting on that there was something uh, more going on, but uh, ha- having a hobbled Reggie Jackson trying to guard a explosive De'Aaron Fox at times was a was a pretty bad combination down the stretch last night. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is worth saying that uh, Jamal Murray hasn't played the last two games pretty much. I mean, I guess he played the first half in Milwaukee, but they were never in that game from the opening tip. That game kind of just went sour from the very beginning. So, yep. I mean – I guess everyone always says this, and I think we have too. The Nuggets' biz- biggest obstacle is health. If they're healthy, they're probably beating anybody. They can beat anybody. Yeah, I think I think safe to say that. And it's it's kind of funny how quickly you know you win one championship, and then it like you can take this approach where it's like, yeah, as long as we get in the playoffs healthy, right. we're good. Um, which is you know a far cry from from where this franchise has been. But you know, for for the most part, I think that's kind of where this this team is at there they've experienced it they they know what it takes um so i don't want to fully say that you know these last three games don't matter at all or the next 27 don't matter as long as you know they're a top four seed which it looks like you know as long as things don't completely fall apart they should be able to be a top four seed um but yeah i think it's more about just going into the playoffs healthy and and also you know going in with some positive momentum and I there you know there's plenty of time for them to to get back on track and if we want to throw it back to last year there were stretches after the all-star break and you know they had they had secured the one seed by pretty pretty safely by that point but it's not like last year was without stretches where where people were freaking out as well it's 82 games I think is what is the realization and it also doesn't help I'm looking at the western conference standings Minnesota three in a row wins thunder two in a row Clippers one in a row, but you know how we know how good they've been. The Suns two in a row, Pelicans three in a row, Dallas six in a row. Like the Nuggets are the only team in the Western Conference standing losing, and that's how they went from like tied for first till now two and a half back. 
Yeah, uh, but I think, you know, you you throw it back a week or so, and it was like um, Minnesota and Oklahoma City had had lost a yeah. couple in a row, and it was just like it, it doesn't take a lot for, for the standings to change significantly, and it's going to be that way, you know, after the break, it's going to be – you lose a couple games, you find yourself in fourth, you you can win five or six in a row, you're you're gonna be tied for first or you know, maybe atop the conference on your own. So um yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun 27 games to close this out. What do you think a good record is in those 27 games? It's hard to predict because you don't know what other teams are gonna do in like what, like 18 and nine, nine, you know, something like that, 17 and 10. That still gives them 53 wins. So that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I would I would say. 18, 18, 19 wins, you, you feel comfortable. And, um, you know, looking at the first 55 games, it's like a lot of road trips, yep. a lot of back-to-back. So it's like the, the schedule is finally turning around. And I did a little piece in my insider just looking at strength of schedule the rest of the way. And, you know, the Nuggets have, you know, one of the easiest schedules in the Western Conference when you just add up, you know, their opponent's win percentage. But then when you factor in home court advantage and rest advantage – you know, I think I think there's an argument to be made that the Nuggets have the easiest schedule remaining. So um, it'll be interesting to see how they factor in getting some guys nights off leading leading into the playoffs. You know, trying to make sure they're they're fully healthy going in. But yeah, you know, I think there's certainly an outcome where they could win 20 or 21 at the final 27. And they get Minnesota three times in those 27 games, which is, I mean, what they haven't played them since the second week of the season, right? It was pretty early on. It was real early, and yeah, that's a, um, you know, that's a real easy way to make up the the ground you lost in the last three games. Standings wise, is you know, if you go in and you know go two and one against the Timberwolves the rest of the way, that that's significant as far as the standings go. Yeah, and like you said, they they have they they only have two game trips now. There's no more of these you know five games and seven night business that they've they've gone through. So that'll be that'll be uh that, that'll be nice for them, I'm sure. Um. I was talking Aaron Gordon. You wrote about him for your follow. Uh, he's going to Aspen for the break. Is that is that what I understand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he was. I mean, it's it's weird to say this, but he was probably the Nuggets' best player last night. Yeah, definitely. Uh, most aggressive and like I think thing you got to appreciate last night. It's, and it feels like anytime we have we talk about good Aaron Gordon games, we come back to the word like aggression. Yes. Um, and you know, last night he didn't take a three until the final thirty seconds when he when he hoisted that one up and and they needed it. It was a seven point game with like it wasn't a um he he didn't have an option. That one had to go up, and then he took another one a few seconds later. But um for the first forty seven and a half minutes of that game, he was around the rim, just putting down lobs, muscling people on the block, and going up for dunks. And like that's when he's at his best and. Um, you know, I think that was an encouraging sign because he's a guy who's been through a lot physically this season. Like you see him after games. Yeah. He's still got his feet in ice buckets and he's wrapped his shoulder and his midsection. Like he's he's banged up and he's, you know, playing really hard despite uh, despite the nagging injuries. I think he he's dealing with. So, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully there's some, uh, you know, spa treatment and massages lined up in Aspen for for AG because he's been. <laughs> He's been going through it so far. Yeah. What? So the last, you know, so they cut it to four when he hits that three. This was really weird to me. And then Peyton Watson steals the ball. Mm-hmm. Why were they heaving threes? They didn't have to. There was like 28 seconds, wasn't there? Yeah, that that's a good question. Because that was like, they chased out offensive rebound after offensive yeah, rebound. Yeah, Christian Brown got one. That, yeah. 
but yeah, they had no interest in in doing anything other than uh, getting threes up. And, um, you know, that's not something that we asked Michael Malone about postgame, probably should have. But, um, you know, I wonder if that was just kind of like, they weren't real interested in playing for overtime. You no. know, we don't we don't need five more minutes of basketball before the All Star break. So if we can if we can hit one of these threes and come up with a steal, uh, you know, it felt like that was kind of the the goal there, not to not to stretch that game out any farther or any longer than it had to had to be. But yeah, that was interesting how they were just uh, chucking up desperation heaves and chasing yeah, down offensive rebound and chucking up another desperation <laughs> heave. Well, because Joker was leaning into Sabonis like on both of those, and I'm like, they're not going to call that now. Like, I, I don't think the refs want this game to go to overtime either. <laughs> yeah, in a game where I, I think he shot his first, like, got his first two free throws on a shooting foul in the uh, yeah the third quarter. I don't think he's getting those those foul calls, even though, uh, you know, I think Sabonis did get him on his wrist on like on the follow through on one, but yeah. on the first one, yeah, you're not. I, I don't think you're getting that call in that situation. So they're going to the all-star break. You know, Nikola Jokic is their only representative. That's been a big talk about how the defending champs only have the one representative. We kind of knew this was coming, but it still seems to be quite the talking point. There was a big story in The Athletic about it, about Jamal Murray being, you know, what was Jamal Murray's quote? Like, I'm an all-star in the playoffs. It was something. I'm an all-star when it matters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it is still strange that uh, Joker's the only representative. And I I think, you know, I, I, I... I don't think it's ever going to change. I think Jamal Murray's clutch when he needs to be clutch, and that's what matters. Yeah, and, and like, I mean, I think fans would appreciate it if the NBA could have got a little more creative and getting some – I mean, Colin Gillespie's in the G League all-star, whatever great you want to call it. Um, but, you know, I think Nuggets fans would have appreciated seeing Peyton Watson in a Rising Stars game or, you know, seeing if you can get KCP or Michael Porter Jr. in the three-point shootout or something like that because it is – you know, it is kind of a an odd feather in the team's cap where it's like, I, I forget the stat, but it's like Nikola Jokic has never had an active all-star teammate, never had a teammate win all NBA or all defensive honors. Um, so it, it, it kind of highlights how special he is that, um, you know, he's led this team to a championship, but has never had uh, a number two guy who's seen as, you know, one of the game's elite even though Jamal has certainly earned that reputation with his, his playoff performances. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's more, it's also a, a larger statement about um, how hard it is to be an all-star. You know, I think mathematically it's harder to be an all-star now than it ever has been, or, you know, in the last, uh, you know, 15 years since the the league is fully expanded to 30. It's like there were 12 all-stars per conference when the league had like, 10, 12, 15 teams. So it's like um, the game continues to grow. I think the talent levels as as high as it's ever been. And, you know, the number of all-stars has stayed the same for like 50 years now. So I think, you know, that's something that could be, could be expanded, especially when, you know, there's rumors, heavy rumors of the league continuing to expand, you know, back to Seattle or maybe Las Vegas. So I think, I think we're a couple of years away from maybe having all-star rosters get to 15 and, and that would be a uh, make it a whole lot easier for guys like J- Jamal to to get an All Star nod. But you know, Sacramento doesn't have an All Star, and you know, Sabonis and Fox have certainly looked like All Stars these last couple of games as well. So, so Denver's not the only market with a with a gripe this time of year. And 
in the Western Conference, as long as Steph, LeBron, and KD are around, there's three spots taken already. Yep. Uh, we got probably a few more years of that being the case. <laughs> so, so I mean, there, there's only nine spots in the Western Conference, to be honest. And unless one of those guys, you know, when Durant was in the in the East, it was a lot easier. But, um, yeah, those guys aren't going anywhere. It's crazy that Sacramento is in the play-in mix because they – I mean, I don't know if they just bring their A game against Denver or what, but they're really good and fun to watch. Yep. And, like, you know, if you show up not ready to guard, they're going to – yeah, they're gonna kill you, as we saw, you know, on what was that Friday night in Sacramento, where just they, you know, the Nuggets again shorthanded, but but showed up and it felt like they were not really ready to go, and and the Kings killed them. We keep we always talk about this, but we'll, let's do it again as we hit the break. Who's the scariest team in the Western Conference of the Nuggets? Is it Minnesota because of the guys that can guard them? I think it's Minnesota, and you know. I think Anthony Edwards is better than he was in the playoffs last year. And um, Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns have, have figured it out, you know, playing alongside the other so far this year. And the thing I always go back to with the Timberwolves, thinking back to that playoff series last year is no Jaden McDaniels, no Nas Reed. Right. Uh, when you factor that in, um, you know, I remember back to that series when we were talking about Nikhil Alexander Walker guarding Jamal Murray, the length of the court and making it as hard as possible. Like, Jaden McDaniels is a better version of Nikhil Alexander-Walker yes. at that. So uh, I think that would present a challenge to Denver. And then you add Nas Reed in there. And it's like, I don't know what he would do defensively with Joker, but he's a guy who can um, – and we've seen it recently where it's like, you know, opponents who can stretch Joker out to the three-point line defensively at a new wrinkle. Um, you know, thinking about guys like Chris Stapps and Chet Holmgren. Um, and Nas Reed is certainly a guy who can who can shoot the ball as well. So I think – if Minnesota's fully healthy, I still think they're they're the the toughest matchup for Denver. Do the Nuggets have enough guys to guard the Clippers? The, the, because the Clippers don't have someone to guard Jokic. Like Zubox is all right, but is he? Oh no, he's out. Is he hurt? Uh, he's been in out of the lineup. I think he might be back. Okay, but, but I mean, they don't have anyone to guard Nicole. Not, not that many teams have anyone to guard Nicola. Okay. But I always wonder if the Nuggets have enough guys to guard the Clippers. Yeah, if I they mean, have a full Clippers team. That's just that. Yeah. There's going to be, there's going to be one, you know, one guy out. You know, if they're starting, when they would be if they're healthy. Harden, George, and Leonard like throw Aaron Gordon probably on Kawhi, and then KCP on Harden. Not maybe? George. I is George too big for him? I mean, I guess. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Does this like? Would you rather have Jamal? I guess Jamal on Harden, but that that feels like a big ask for Jamal. And I was just thinking, you know, maybe yeah, you see what Michael Porter Jr. can do against a a Paul George with an extra inch or two, but but that's tough. Like in that situation, I would I would love to see MPJ stagger with the second unit there. See if you can survive the first few minutes then get a Peyton Watson or a Christian Brown in to, to pick up one of the big three and then use MPJ's offense to help carry the second unit as well. But yeah, Clippers would be a tough matchup, but I just, you know, uh, we've seen James Harden kind of fall off in the playoffs before. And I would, you know, it, this will be the first time that team as it's currently constructed has, has been in a playoff series where you're playing the same team, you know, four or five, six, seven times in a row where you can really dig into the matchups. So 
Um, you know, they got three guys and the Nuggets have two strong defenders in the starting lineup, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if in that series, you see a lot of uh, Christian Brown or Peyton Watson playing alongside the starters. And then you get an MPJ stagger with the second unit. Well, Kawhi's hurt now. I mean, he's not going to be, he's already, his stats for the all-star game is already up. So we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. Um, because I mean, he's the, he's the guy for them. Before we go, what is going on in the East with the Cleveland Cavaliers? They figured out <laughs> how to play without Darius Garland, Darius and- Garland and Evan Mobley. Yeah. And then they got them back and they said, Hey, well, you guys were gone. We figured something out. And it feels like they just they're they're sticking to it. And you know, Donovan Mitchell, I think, is quietly one of the more underrated players in the league. Like I he's not an all or he's not an MVP candidate, but like I, he'd be a guy whose name I think should get mentioned a little bit more. Um Jared Allen's playing really well. And and so it's like they've just kind of, you know, Evan Mobley and Darius Garland have just kind of fit in since they've since they've been back to to what the team had going on earlier and like you know you look back at that Knicks playoff series last year and I think they just got killed by a lack of shooting they added some shooting in the offseason and uh yeah I don't know if they're I don't know if, if they're a, a a top three you know real contender in the east you know I'd still rather uh not see Boston or Milwaukee or you know if Embiid comes back and is healthy like Philadelphia kind of at the trade deadline sent signs that, you know, they're, they're still playing for this year, not, yeah. not packing it up. So uh, yeah, Cleveland's interesting. I, I still don't know if they've like crap cracked that upper echelon in the East though. Yeah. I mean, Philly's down to, to five now um, just a half game behind the Knicks, but who knows what they're going to do. All right, before we go, let's uh, tell me a little bit about the story you got coming this weekend on the great Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Well, I, kind of ran out of ways to describe how good Nikola Jokic has been. So I we just <laughs> collecting everybody else's opinions on, on how good he has been. So I think we've got some, some fun layout plans for, for looking into the different ways that Nikola Jokic is great. And we've, you know, heard from a lot of different people on it. So I'm excited for it. Should, uh, should be out Sunday morning. Yep. That will be online probably even before that. It'll probably be on Saturday evening at some point at denvergazette.com. Uh, all of Vinny's Nuggets coverage is there. You can subscribe to our this podcast on Spotify or Apple. And Vinny, we will probably catch up after the break. Uh, Nuggets have a couple. Do they just have one home game and they're back on the road, I think? Yeah, I think they're, it's Washington here, and then they go to Portland and Golden State. Okay. Right. And I will be in Golden State for that game as well. Oh, there we go. They, well, no, that used to be a house of horrors. Not as much anymore, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Vinny, thanks for coming on, and we will talk to you again. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Denver Gazette podcast. Make sure to visit denvergazette.com for all your local news on Broncos, Rockies, Avalanche, Nuggets, and much, much more. We'll talk to you next time.